Hello to all Dream Hub listeners. I have a special treat for you today. Venturing with me into the realms of the astral, consciousness, and spirituality, I'm joined by none other than Jean Hart. As an author, creator of the spiritual books and guides, videos on his Astral Doorway YouTube channel, Jean is here to share his profound insights from over a decade of spiritual exploration. I've been listening to his podcast for ages now and I'm in love with it and his voice is so soothing and easy to listen to. The way he explains things just works for my brain so I'm sure it will for yours as well. So sit back, relax and let's dive deep into the journey of understanding our higher states of consciousness. Jean, it's an absolute honor to have you here. Thanks for coming. Yeah, thanks for having me. I want to know what sparked your initial interest in astral projection and, you know, where did that come from and how has that first spark transformed over the years? Right. Well, what sparked my first interest? I guess you could say I wasn't interested in the beginning. It started first from a sort of existential or spiritual crisis or depression you could say about 13 years ago it was a sort of feeling that you know there's more to this than the mundane everyday existence and amidst this time of uh, being lost you could say trying to find out who I am what's the meaning of life I watched that movie called Inception and that sparked something in me and I researched about lucid dreaming and you could say because I wasn't so interested in waking reality about the mundane material world I became very fascinated with lucid dreaming because of course in our dreams there are infinite possibilities you can do whatever you desire to do right so in that sense, I kind of used it as a sort of escapism. But after a while, after becoming quite good at it, I found naturally, um, after a while, I also saw the futility of it because I realized that even in my dreams, I couldn't find a lot of substance of what is real who am i and what is all of this about so i found that when i'm awake in my dreams i'm still aware of the illusions that are created from my subconscious and i really realized in waking life that it is exactly the same when I'm awake during waking life, the way I perceive the world is conditioned by my own subconscious. So realizing this imprisonment of subconsciousness, you could say, uh, I started to look deeper. And then I found out about astral projection. And of course, this was a huge revelation or really sparked my curiosity because 
it's a sort of promise that, hey, there is something of substance, something that is really beyond this world, beyond your own little I, little me, subconscious world of my own individuality. And there is something of actual substance, right? So yeah, I started to practice that, started to practice meditation, started to look into spirituality. One thing led to another and yeah, I had a lot of experiences. Uh, looking back, I realized this was a deeper part of my being calling me to discover a deeper uh, spiritual work. When a person is ready to awaken, life will throw them the according challenges, according to the individual. Uh, yeah. So as for, you know, how that first spark has transformed, uh, I would say it still is transforming. Um, especially, you know, compared to those days where I used it for a sort of escapism from this limited material world, my approach is now the opposite. I now use it for happiness and fulfillment and enlightenment in this world because I use it as a tool for guidance and integrating my my earthly life rather than ignoring it. So, yeah. Mm, that's great. I find a fair few people go through this like rock bottom state before they hit, you know, going into the spiritual side of things and I was exactly the same it took me right going into a being being admitted to the suicide ward at the hospital before I figured out dreaming and dream therapy and and started getting into all of that thing it's sort of yeah it's just it's crazy I I it's it sounds weird I was going to say I love all these crises that people have because it it awakens us and it's terrible at the time that you're going through the crisis but it does really show us where we need to go and and awaken something inside of us so it is yeah like, absolutely the gift. yeah it's a it's a gift yeah there's a problem in the gift and really it's not a crisis it's just our perception of it is a crisis because we have some attachment to something that we feel we're going to lose but we don't realize there's something more something better on the other side of it you know mm, yeah definitely. yeah definitely mm. um so for people that are listening I know that my listeners know what dreaming and what lucid dreaming is but many of the listeners might be curious about what's the core difference between astral projection and like an out-of-body experience would you be able to just explain that a little bit before we keep going so that the listeners kind of understand what we're talking about yeah. Well, maybe you can mm, correct me or give your own interpretation of it, because really, my own understanding is they're just different terms for the same thing. Mm -hmm. But it depends on a person's understanding and whether they have uh, attributed a certain understanding to different terminology, which, you know, everyone has the right for their own interpretation. But as for me, uh, I just see it as different terms for the same thing. Those terms are just preferred to be used by people with different psychological uh, 
idiosyncrasies, let's say. Mm -hmm. I would say that uh, skeptical or material or scientifically orientated people like to use the term out-of-body experience. And spiritual or mystical types of people like to use the term astral projection. So for people who think there's a difference between those terms, uh, they they probably have some good perspective. But I feel like it's a shame that people don't realize it's the same thing. They both point to the same field of non-physical reality that exists beyond the physical. And that also goes for uh, dreams and lucid dreaming too. Yeah, yeah, they are. mm. What I was thinking... I love the way that you described that and how people prefer to call them the different things. What I thought originally was that out-of-body experience was like, you know, those people that have had near-death experiences and they kind of lift out of their body and they describe it the same way if you've watched any of those shows about near-death experiences. And it does sound like the beginning of astral projection where they lift out of their body and they can see what's going on around them. And that's what I thought just out-of-body experience was and that astral projection starts off the same way but then goes beyond that. And then you then go into a dreaming state or a dreaming world and different layers in the astral. I don't know. That's just what I thought. I wasn't sure um, if there was a difference or if one was the beginning of the other, but I think the way that you described it is some people, it is the same thing and some people just like to call it something else. Yes. It's more comfortable for them. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And a lot of people have these near death experiences and they've never been exposed to any type of uh, esoteric or spiritual uh, terminologies. So in medical fields, you know, it's a very recognized uh, term, having an out-of-body experience. But yeah, as you said, uh, and as I've described before in experiences, it's ex- we have this out-of-body experience in astral projection. The only difference with a sort of, let's say, astral projection practitioner is that maybe they have some purpose or something. They want to visit a certain dimension or fulfill some kind of uh, spiritual purpose so that's why it can turn into more of a a mystical thing that might be attributed to more a dreamlike uh, voyage into the spirit world let's say but really that it's both the the same thing just like when we die the consciousness still remains and we simply just detach our consciousness just unbottles from the physical body the physical body connecting us to this material world and this material orientated understanding of our perception but once you start experiencing experiences that are beyond the physical body Uh, you start to get in touch with this non-physical consciousness. And yeah, really all of these experiences, near-death experiences, out-of-body experiences, astral projection are all pointing to that field that is beyond the body. Yeah. 
Yeah, getting into this work and these knowledge and learning about dreams and astral projection and all of it has made me feel so much more comfortable with the thought of dying. (laughs) I used to be so scared Mm. of death and now I'm not worried about it at all. Um, because if it's like a dream and it and you go through that similar experience, I'd be happy to. So it's been a very comforting experience for me. Now, I've had the pleasure of reading your book, Beyond Dreaming. Could you tell our listeners a bit about it and what drove you to write down your experiences and knowledge? Yeah, that book, uh, Beyond Dreaming, it simply serves as a testimony and inspiration for others to awaken to these worlds beyond the physical. I know the power and transformative effect that astral projection can have on people. Like you just said, if you can have direct knowledge that there is more to life after death, it can change everything. You know, So many people live in fear and their whole life is orientated upon the foundation of a false belief that everything ends when you die. And it's just not true. Imagine you get rid of that foundational belief. It changes your whole perspective on life, right? Yeah. So yeah, I went through that too. And it, it brought me great happiness and energy and a new zest for life, you know, right? And it led me to a path of self-discovery. So I know it will for others too, if, you know, just through pure testimony and and inspiration. Not everyone, of course, because as I said earlier, I feel like people have to be ready. And the soul, let's say, has to go through a certain maturity, which we could call suffering or uh, a certain reflection on our existence. But there are a lot of people these days ready and uh, being inspired by all of this. So it's really a great time to be alive and witness people go through these realizations and and transformations. Everyone is, you know, living autonomously and mechanically doing the same thing day in, day out, never wondering whether there's more to life, firmly believing that what people have told them or what the world has told them is true. But what if they could discover something that completely trumps all of those materialistic viewpoints, discovering there's an infinite world within oneself? A person's life can change in an instant, not just because they believe in something either, but because they experience it. And that is something much more joyous and fulfilling than mere belief. So, yeah. Yeah. That's it. They need to experience it and feel it because I know that uh, being a dream therapist, I can't, or I mean, I could try, but I can't go around and push this onto people uh, because like you said, they need to be ready and they need to be at their own stage in their journey. I can plant seeds and people can see me living it and that enough sparks dreams within people just by being around me or listening to what I'm doing, which is great. But we, yeah, we can't push it onto people. They need to have their own little crisis or whatever they need to do to get to this stage. But even like you're saying, you can't just tell it. They need to experience it. And once you experience it, everything can change and everything does change. And it can take just one night, one nap for that to happen. 
I loved listening to your episode that you have on your podcast and it's your astral projection motivational piece. I think it only goes for about seven minutes, but I listened to that about five times in a row because it was just so motivating and so true. And you're talking about how people, you know, walk the same street every day to the same job every day. And they do these things that they think that they have to do and they're stuck in this circle of life and like the rat race and they don't realize how much bigger everything is around them. And like you said, stuck in the little me, I way of thinking about the world. It's very motivating learning about all of this and the excitement that comes with thinking that when we die, we don't just go into the ground and get buried and that's the end of everything. It's exciting to know and feel that there is more beyond death. It's like life only really starts once you die almost. And, yeah, I've experienced this with communicating in the astral with people that have deceased and then coming back and speaking to their friends or relatives about messages that I received and had confirmation. And it's things that I never knew Like I would not have known that about the person who had passed away and these messages were very personal. And for me, that was an experience that I had that gave me belief. Whereas if you had just told me this story, I don't know that I would feel it the same way. So um, I just, yeah, I really want people that are interested, that are listening, not to think, oh, I could never do that. I don't know how to astral project or that's just for the professionals or, you know, it doesn't come naturally or whatever. It does for everyone. We all have a soul. And, um, yeah, I just I want people to try it and to learn from you. So a way that we could motivate or inspire is I'd love for you to explain how does astral projection enhance us mentally, emotionally and even our physical health and our waking life. As I described earlier, my journey of uh, discovering these interesting topics like lucid dreaming, astral projection, it all led me to deeper practices like meditation, reflecting on spiritual teachings. In truth, in this world of spiritual awakening and spirituality, even though astral projection is so profound, it is sort of a tiny and introductory part of greater mysteries of life. If a person is truly able to experience conscious astral travel, then that person is capable of something extraordinary. It is natural, but it's something that most people are still not conscious of. And this usually implies that they're more in touch with their inner world. It just means that you're more in touch with yourself. Now, if this person experiences this, and hopefully, usually, you know, we see the value of it, it it awestrucks us, right? And they'll start to pursue and have more experiences and discover deeper truths and Uh, go down the rabbit hole, so to speak. And naturally by doing so, such a person will seek out techniques, methods, meditations, videos, books. And amidst all of that, they'll realize that in order to start living 
more in the inner worlds, so to speak, more with a type of consciousness that is aware of the astral plane, more aware of the reality beyond just physical consciousness. And they start being more conscious during sleep, then that person will naturally begin to get their physical life in order. And they'll start getting rid of useless everyday problems so that they can rein their attention in. It's as simple as this, really. Start being more present and aware in physical life, and you'll start being more aware and present in the astral. Because one needs energy for this type of work, not energy as in you're going to run a marathon, but an energy, it's a spiritual type of energy, a type of awareness that you cultivate. And you start to realize that when you dwell on many problems in waking life, and when you start to identify and start to add dreams, right? You start thinking about your life so much. Maybe you start having negative emotions. You don't have enough energy for more conscious experiences during the night. So there is this sort of instinctive uh, instinct or something in our conscience that tells us, okay, I'm going to get my life in order so that I can start uh, having experiences. I'm going to meditate more. I'm going to, you know, clean my house. I'm going to, uh, you know, do something that my conscience told me I should have a long time ago. You know, one starts really getting into their soul and you start seeing a higher version of that person, let's say. Yeah, it's. I would say it's very natural and it's very beneficial in all aspects of life. It is. I yeah. have struggled with alcohol and like I have a very addictive personality and in the past I would like I wouldn't definitely wouldn't say I'm an alcoholic or anything like that but in the past I never thought anything of it it was normal it was social you know every day my parents would um, drink after work and that's just how I was raised it was very normal and then since getting into all of this sort of a thing I thought oh you know I should quit I don't like to you know, be a bit tipsy and fall asleep and then be off <laughs> in different realms doing things or I have just annoying dreams that aren't working because I'm inhibited. And when I came to this realisation and I, I spoke to people about it, they were like, oh, well, when are you going to go sober? Because, you know, Christmas is coming up and, you know, how about you start in the new year and all this sort of a thing? And I thought, oh, yeah, that would be easy. And that night then I had a big nightmare and it was like, if I don't do this now and clean that up now, all I'm going to get is nightmares. And because I have figured out the message that's coming through in the dreams is to not drink now that I know that that's what's going on, if I choose to ignore that, then I'm just going to have bad dreams because I'm going against myself and my inner self. And I know that if I have a bad dream and I clean up the thing in my life that it's pointing to, then I do get elevated, like you say, to next levels and I have better experiences and physically and emotionally I'm I'm feeling cleaner and lighter and clearer and then the messages are coming through stronger and more regularly and 
our bodies as much as we say that our souls are like leaving them in the night they still have quite an impact i've found on how far you can go and even down to what we eat is is impacting us and um with the dreams as well i've been dreaming of eating food like food that doesn't even exist i've been making up different types of foods and eating them in my dreams and then in my waking life i'm not craving it at all any junk food or anything so i've been eating really really clean like you said they impact each other it's very interesting it's all about instincts and our uh, sort of our intent of what we want to do is backed up by our subconscious and and the messages that we get through and how far we can travel in our dreams and it is a lot about intent so I want to like move on and talk about that topic because your approach emphasizes the importance of intent over methods I just wanted to know, could you elaborate on that a bit and perhaps share a tip for those that are struggling with astral projection? How can their intent change things? Yes. Yeah. I emphasize intent or rather cultivating a state of being, a state of consciousness, rather than simply relying on methods or rather than just thinking about how to do something. Because by doing so, I'm highlighting the transcendental aspect of astral projection. And by that, I mean, look at our lives here in the material world. What do we do in order to achieve something? We plan it out and plot and think about what we'll do. We think by using our mind and our intellect. Our mind tells us, I will do this, then that, then I'll do this, and then I will succeed. And this can work in the material world to achieve things. But it doesn't apply necessarily to spiritual attainment. The mind, the ego, the intellect is a conditioned product of the material world. And so it thinks as such. But in order for us to awaken to spiritual reality and have access to things like the astral plane, we need to cultivate awareness beyond the mind. So everything you're talking about here of challenges, nightmares, it's all good too. You know, nightmares are not necessarily a bad thing, but as long as we can bring awareness to it and comprehend it, then you gain self-knowledge. So this isn't about bypassing the mind, but in order to go beyond the mind, one has to go through it rather than over it. That's why it's a spiritual journey and it's why awakening is a gradual process. So it's all about starting to become aware of oneself, of one's mind and how their ego works, who they are, right? So, and that answers uh, your previous question about mental health mm. and also why teachings on ego are so profound and so helpful and important. We can't bypass the mind 
we have to illuminate it or illuminate oneself. Or like the Buddha said, be a light to oneself. Mm. And once you start gathering self-knowledge, you start experiencing the truth because you can transcend a illusory part of yourself. <laughs> so, yeah, you'll see this basic truth in many good spiritual teachings that you are not your mind, but rather you are the awareness that is aware of your mind. And this is why meditation is so powerful and uh, always recommended. Yeah, it's like when you're having these thoughts and the thoughts are happening, but then you think, well, who is it that's being aware of those thoughts? Well, that's who we really are and the thoughts of the mind. You speak of actually killing the mind to truly awaken. How would someone begin that process and distinguish between constructive introspection and overthinking? Yes. So as we talked about earlier, uh, the mind is limited. It's simply a tool. Uh, unfortunately for most of us, the mind is overly active. So much so that when we sleep, the mind continues its fantasies, habitual thoughts, habitual dreams, dwelling on past and future attachment, right? So one needs to know how to use the mind effectively. And that happens first by purifying it. So what you were talking about before, about nightmares, you know, a lot of people uh, I've spoken to, when they start doing spiritual practices, they have nightmares. But it's not so much that they've started having nightmares, it's just that they've become aware of the state of consciousness within them, within their inner worlds, that they were already living it. So by bringing consciousness to that and comprehending oneself psychologically, those nightmares can start to cease. And alongside uh, practices like meditation or whatever way someone can start to feel more aligned with their inner self, they'll start to purify one's mind, right? Mm. So our mind is like, in its current state, it's like a web browser with many tabs. So much nonsense and chaos and confusion. It's an overload of information. What if you could close all the tabs and just focus on one? Clarity would arise. Now, you know, it's like killing those tabs. We don't need them. Now, the phrase killing the mind uh, has a double meaning, and it does, it can provoke, especially in those who are not accustomed to uh, spiritual studies, it could provoke the same reaction as the phrase kill the ego. The answer to this can only be discovered by mystical experience and seeing the illusory nature of, of ego, which is just illusion. It's not something of actual life. You see, what if you could not just close all the tabs on your web browser, but close the web browser itself? So that phrase, killing the mind, it's trying to point towards a transcendental aspect 
that we can experience. There's a dimension of consciousness beyond the mind, beyond the oneself. If one can let one's mind or one's ego die, or let's say dissolve completely, to let go of attachment to material reality, something new arises, some new discovery, new consciousness, a rebirth of pure awareness. The web browser is closed and you're able to access the operating system, right? And start discovering a field of universal truth beyond yourself. And if you go deep enough, you may even discover how to turn the operating system off altogether and really go beyond reality itself. <laughs> I'm talking very mystically, of course, <laughs> but this points towards uh, what is known as, in various traditions, ultimate reality, nothingness, uh, the absolute, emptiness, the illuminating void, God, you can even say. It's something... It's just about reality, really. Yeah. Can you share one of your most profound astral experiences and what it taught you? Well, there are many. And honestly, these days, I don't really wish for so many grandiose experiences anymore. Like some experiences I've shared in the past, like visiting other planets or seeing spaceships or whatever. These days... I trust my consciousness to show me what I need to know. And in that way, I discover very personal things about myself that I need to work on. For example, if I experience a past life and discover something shocking about myself, I will then proceed to comprehend that part of my psyche. Because I want my consciousness to awaken. But I won't awaken as long as I carry negative, very deep, unconscious, psychological aspects within myself that condition me. So the way to transform oneself is to comprehend oneself deeply and intimately in this way. This is how dreams and even nightmares can be very powerful. It's not easy, of course, but the benefits are worth it. In fact, you know, I would say it is the purpose of our existence to work in this way spiritually on oneself. But yeah, a recent experience comes to mind. Um, there's a certain famous person. Uh, he's known for being an excellent talker. I won't say his name because it's not my place uh, to do so. But I can talk about the experience without using names. Uh, anyway, for a couple of years, I've wondered about this person and about who they actually are. You see, in the physical world, people can appear and seem like anyone. Good, bad, virtuous, grumpy, etc. However, Appearances in the physical world mean very little. You see, a, one person may seem very happy, kind, beautiful. A lot of people admire them. However, in the deeper spiritual reality, in the astral, 
as their soul, they could be suffering very deeply from any kind of negative psychological aspect. Perhaps it is lust. And in the astral, we see this person sleeping with many people. Perhaps it is greed. And this person has so many material possessions, they're bathing in money. Perhaps it's a love of fame. And we see them with many admirers. You know, we're not judging people. This is just the reality of what spiritual reality can be like. So the lower regions of the astral, or let's say astral worlds that have a sort of negative feeling about them, uh, is full of like vices in this way, or attachment or addictions, like you talked about um your addiction with alcohol in the past, it connects you to these negative astral worlds inside, right? So on the other hand, in the physical, a person could look like a tyrant. It could be someone who many people hate. However, in the astral, this person could actually be a spiritual master, someone who has awakened consciousness, who knows himself intimately. So you see, through astral projection, we can see the true colors of people. So anyway, in this recent experience, um, I saw this person I'm talking about. Uh, I meet him. I'm talking to him. It was wonderful. His aura was very true to himself, a very honest and sincere person who is seeking the truth. And I could feel he is living his life's purpose. He is what we would call in the Gnostic teachings an initiate, someone who has a certain level of initiation or, or a certain level of self-mastery. So yeah, I woke up and I was happy to, you know, see that this person was, you know, really true to himself. He doesn't have ulterior motives like some people accuse him of, or that he's, you know, an evil soul. No, he's a very, yeah, he's a good person. <laughs> just out of curiosity how, yeah. how like how do you know that that's actually about him and it's not about a version of you, yourself yeah good question it really comes down to discernment and the clues are in uh, within perception itself it's a it's a building up or a cultivation of intuition once you have a certain level of experiences that you know are dreamlike and then you have experiences that are purely astral you start to have a sense of what is true and what is not and you can even tell when you have experiences of that are a mix of both it's just the same as knowing when you're awake and when you're dreaming. It's just the sense. It's the same as smelling uh, different types of food. It's so immediate. In the astral, when you're in an astral world that is being presented to you rather than you dreaming it, it feels totally different. You can't control it. 
and new information is coming to you. Whereas in a dream, you can change everything. And when people are talking to you, you can feel the aspect of you that is talking back, right? So we need a, a good level of meditation and inner silence and control of not projecting things outwardly from our own subconscious. Of course, this takes uh, a lot of inner work and a lot of meditation in order to have uh, that level of discernment. Yeah. Mm, thank you. Yeah. I do mm -hmm. know what you mean by that intuitive knowing and just different things going on. I understand that. Um, you know, earlier you wouldn't mention the celebrity's name. Well, I, I respect that very much and I find it really intriguing because you do like to highlight that there are potential risks of sharing spiritual experiences publicly. Why is discretion so essential in this realm? Yeah, as we've been discussing, uh, if we want to awaken to the world beyond this one, the world of a deeper truth, then we have to cultivate a certain level of concentration and detachment. And it is a type of devotion to oneself or one's higher self, let's say, to our inner divinity, to truth or our inner God, however way you'd like to see it. One becomes a practitioner or a devotee or a student, an initiate of these inner mysteries, whatever word you'd like to use. We need to cultivate willpower to have these experiences. So in the beginning, if one becomes too fascinated with their experiences and starts telling, you know, every Tom, Dick and Harry, and those people start talking to you about it, asking questions, and you start thinking about your experiences a lot. And, you know, Harry tells Tom, Tom tells Dick, and they all start talking about it and asking you questions. And then you really start overthinking about your experiences now, right? That are being reflected with other people's ideas. So the point is, your experiences are personal. They're just for you. And they should be honored and respected as such. I can't really explain so much here because it would take too long. But I can summarize what I'm trying to say here very simply, which is every time we have profound and conscious experiences, they're gifts or states of grace that are being sent to us from our inner divinity, from the spiritual world. They're like sacred messages that we're meant to meditate on and reflect on deeply, not to overthink or to show off to others about. So, you know, this is why many people can have an experience in the beginning, a very vivid and profound experience, and then they have some uh, challenging dreams that they have to analyze. It's like, okay, your higher self gives you something, and then it gives you something to work on afterwards. 
So my advice about not telling others about your experiences, it's not a rigid rule. It's just a caution, just to be careful about who you share them with, when and why and for what purpose. Just be careful how the mind distorts experiences. Like we said earlier, we want to cultivate a pure mind, a mind that is like a fine instrument, which is receptive to the inner world. This applies to keeping the mind fresh upon recalling experiences too, because as you might know, when you wake up and have dreams, if you have reactions to the dream, you know, it's not helpful. You have to meditate very clearly on it, not to add more ego onto experiences. So this applies, of course, also to physical life experiences too. So yeah, in my own case, I've shared experiences with people that I feel have messages to help others or inspire others. And I also felt that I had meditated on those experiences enough and that I already had firm understanding of it. And, you know, there's nothing wrong, let's say, with a person who talks about all of their experiences. But if that person is not strong, let's say, spiritually, mentally, then they could lose themselves a little bit by identifying with those things. Maybe they start having a false uh, sense of self and thinking they're very, you know, gifted. And, you know, there's a lot of types of ego that could uh, be added onto it. So my suggestion, my guidance in the beginning is to know how to remain silent for a while until you start uh, sharing your experiences. Yeah. Mm, that's great advice. I really like that. I can see how that would happen. I find as well when this happens to me sometimes, I'll be in a group of people and they'll say, oh, what do you do? Oh, I'm a dream therapist. And then someone will go, oh, I had this dream the other night. I must tell you about it. And I will quickly stop them because if they haven't worked through it themselves and they don't understand the full meaning of it, when they're yeah. happy to share it in front of a group, you know, the meaning can quickly come out and it might be something that they don't actually want people to know about, <laughs> you know, it, their dreams right. are so personal as well. So it's sort of saving them a bit of the embarrassment or yeah, just communicating too much of a private thing. They are very much for ourselves. And often people will say, oh, what have you been dreaming about? We all want to know what the dream therapist dreams about. And I'm thinking, oh, they're all very like, like you say, we get given a dream to work on so we can like close a tab of the browser and clean ourselves up and they are very personal and it is, it is tough to share them sometimes too. Um, but yeah. yeah, then the big ones that are, that are huge and sat with for a while, it, it is good to share for others if you feel compelled to. Sometimes I do feel like I just have to share this and I'll go with it, but like you said, with yeah. nightmares, I'll have a nightmare. And if I'm feeling reactive towards it upon wakening, when my conscious mind comes in, you know, I'll write down the facts of it and I'll have to step away and I won't sit and try to analyze it at the time that I'm feeling those reactions. I have to walk away from it, you know, energetically feel better before I can come back and look at it in a different perspective where I'm not being so emotionally um, eruptive with it. Yeah. You mentioned a lot about, you know, during the day about, um, being aware 
and having a lot of awareness in our waking life. And I know that you also talk about that most of us find ourselves in like a continuous dreamlike state, um, both during wakefulness and sleep, you know, that autopilot kind of way of living. I want to know how can someone begin to break free from this state and move towards more of a more of the higher states of consciousness? I have a video called Astral Travel Core Techniques. And it includes a self-observation practice called the key of soul. Self-observation is about exercising one's awareness to simply be turned on during the day. It means to just simply, without judgment, observe one's thoughts, feelings, actions, etc., you see, if we're living our daily life doing one activity, but thinking about something else, so preoccupied with many random thoughts, like some unconscious mechanism is playing many movies in our brain, then we're dreaming in those moments, right? If we live like that, it's harder to be aware during our dreams, right? Because during the day, we're having dreams and we're not aware of them. So in short, if you dream during the day, you will dream at night. So the practice is simple. Be awake, be aware during the day, and you'll be aware during your sleep. Now, I'm aware I'm talking quite uh, logically or technically or scientifically. But in order to have fuel for these practices, something has to stir up in our soul, right? We have to really want to do this. We have to have a fire in our hearts. We have to see the purpose for it. A sort of uh, religious or feeling, uh, spiritual feeling behind it. So this is where uh, the Gnostic teachings synthesize science arts religion and philosophy all together uh, so i would say if you want to start somewhere uh, you can check out my other videos you can check out uh, a website called glorian.org uh, or also google something called the gnostic method which is an app for these teachings that guides one gently into understanding oneself in this way. Uh, if the Gnostic teachings are too intense or advanced, uh, perhaps start with a book called The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. That's one of the first books that helped me in the beginning with this type of simple presence awareness. It's a beautiful book that just helps you to become more involved with the present moment. Uh, I recommend the audiobook version. It's very good. So thank you. I'll, yeah. put, I'll put the links to those in the show notes below for anyone listening. You can just scroll down and click on them. But Jean, I'd love to hear about your involvement with the Gnostic group. How did it shape your understanding of astral projection and spirituality? Yes. Well, uh, 
I started having these experiences and astral projection when I was 18. And then two years later, uh, I did desire some guidance and I found a Gnostic group. Um, and yeah, I learned from this Mexican guy who was doing his PhD in the UK. He taught me uh, without any asking anything in return, it completely free. Uh, yeah. He taught me a lot for five years. And it just really taught me the importance of staying grounded in physical waking life. Uh, spiritual ideas often provoke a sort of dreamlike state of awe within us, which is fine. But the Gnostic teachings always emphasize practice and practical understanding and gaining your own direct knowledge rather than blindly believing things. So this was very grounding for me and opened me up to a lot of deeper mysteries beyond astral projection. So, yeah. That's so great. There's a lot to it, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I was like... <laughs> I'm sitting here nodding the whole time through this thing and you can't see me, but I'm just sitting here like, oh, yes, yes, nod, nod, nod. I agree, I agree. Um, that's pretty awesome that he taught you um, without charging you for so long as well. And I know that you've got a similar stance on spirituality not being a business and that's really admirable. So are you still doing that with your full-time teaching job and you know you've got challenges in life like everybody else does how do you find the balance between the spiritual and the material world yeah i did stop teaching at some point um luckily uh you know people on patreon donate and support me and i was able to yeah give a lot more attention to uh youtube and start helping more and start doing a lot more videos and uh, giving more time to them and giving more high, higher quality ones. Mm. Uh, that was, yeah, I was working as a teacher in Korea. Um, my uh, job ended there. I went back to the UK and that's when I started doing uh, the chakra series. Uh, which everyone loved and is still the, you know, the most viewed series on the channel. So there's nothing wrong with, you know, paying your bills and everyone needs to eat, right? And uh, be supported for something. As I said earlier, there is a way to check whether people are true or not. And it's not about judging people if they are being supported or making money in some way but it's just about their relationship and their own motives if a person is purely doing it for recognition and profit then you know that it's probably not the best person to to learn from not because they're evil or that we're judging them it's just that the purity of their intention may not let them access higher states of consciousness and wisdom that will really truly help others. I have had an experience uh, in the astral where I sort of went to this world where there are many spiritual teachers and there was a sort of boss there. Uh, 
sort of firing people saying that, look, these people are too focused on money and we're not going to let them stay in our school. So this was a world or a dimension of consciousness uh, where wisdom is granted to people who are helping uh, large numbers of people like myself, for example. And, but you sort of, you know, just like in, in during the day when we, we go for a job, we need certain, we need, there are certain requirements, right? And I could see in this world, there are certain requirements and uh, greed of money is one of those requirements that will be judged by, you know, the people or the intelligences that are in charge there. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, I suggested we need to learn how to maintain conscious awareness. Um, this doesn't take a great thinker. This takes someone with great energy. And anyone who is truly capable of this, of doing this work in a very advanced and deep way, is usually someone who can manage business and family affairs with relative ease. So, you know, I'm going back to, you know, I, I'm still impressed. Like, you know, I went through a lot of like being a teacher in Korea is Koreans work hard. <laughs> you know, if you sign a contract for uh, 35 hours a week, you can be sure you're going to be working at least 50 hours. You know, it's really crazy there. Um, but I was still devoted to, uh, you know, doing YouTube and videos and everything. Um, and, you know, having a partner too. <laughs> so you see, if you want to access the cosmos up there, so to speak, then you should have your affairs in order down here too. It's as simple as that, I would say. Uh, how you act down here reflects towards the intelligences of higher consciousness too. Physical life is the foundation for spiritual growth. Or as we say in the Gnostic teachings, our physical life is our psychological gymnasium. It's where we live our karma and uh, become strong in order to um, develop spiritually. So to generalize, a person who is struggling to manage their worldly problems and they're so identified and lost in them will simply stay in the sphere of worldly problems. But a person who doesn't identify with such things and they don't make problems out of problems and they just get on with life easily, well, that person will have a lot more energy reserved to focus on the spirit focus internally instead of being caught up in the world so like it says in the bible be in the world but not of it yeah that's great i love that yeah so yeah i joined your patreon and your discord group and i can see that you had there's like a whole channel chatting about the gnostic teachings and all these other topics and what I find really fascinating is that you implemented an AI bot into the Discord group. And my friend actually was calling me going, oh, do you know Astral Doorway? Well, they've got this AI bot. And I was like, oh, do I know him? Oh my goodness, so exciting. And she loves it. And she, 
asks it questions all the time. I wanted to ask you, how has the integration of technology, especially AI, influenced or complemented your spiritual journey? I wouldn't say it's helped me that much, really. It's just a useful tool. It's just like a more advanced version of Google, really. Um, but yeah, I was really, I'm still very impressed by its answers too. And I wouldn't let people use it if I thought uh, it wasn't helpful. But I always keep my eyes on it and I see people asking it questions. Um, and it, it says great things. Uh, a lot of the time it gives better answers than I would. <laughs> so yeah, it, it gives really good answers. And yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. you know, the nature of the nature of AI, however, it's a very interesting one to reflect on and to observe especially when we compare it to our own human nature, especially considering that, you know, oh, it's just a bot. It has no, you know, real consciousness, but it can act as a very effective spiritual teacher with the words it uses, right? And that's very interesting because, you know, in the same way, that can be spiritual teachers, but it doesn't necessarily mean that their consciousness is awakened. It's just that they've learned to talk in a very good and knowledgeable way. So yeah, I talk about that on the little article that you're uh, referring to. And I also have a video coming out soon all about AI and its spiritual significance today. Um, the perspective I share in it will probably be quite controversial, uh, but it's interesting nonetheless. Yeah. Uh, in short, I basically just share the perspective that AI is no different than ego. And we all sort of have an unconscious AI system that we're all identifying with. And even people like with who are, let's say, supposedly spiritual masters are just talking from like an AI system. So the video goes into it all uh, quite in depth. So That's something to look topic. out for. Yeah, I can't wait to watch that. That mm. sounds great. Speaking of Google, yeah. <laughs> have you come across many misconceptions or myths about astral projection that you'd like to address? Yeah, there's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, as long as people unconsciously follow their own interpretation of things, then the mind will always find a way to refute things, especially mystical things, especially things that it has not experienced for itself yet. And this is very challenging. It's very unfortunate. It is a negative type of intellectual skepticism. So, yes, there are many misconceptions. Uh, the first typical one that comes to mind, because of course I get a lot of comments on videos and I see them sometimes, is uh, religious fanatics thinking it's evil mm. when it's not. Uh, I don't think I have to explain why. It's just an, such an absurd belief to me, but I, I do understand it. Um, 
But, you know, I think you said this before too, it is natural and it's totally normal astral projection or out of body experiences, conscious dreams, whatever way, whatever word you want to use, it is a part of life. Everyone has the right and everyone has the ability to use uh, their astral body for guidance, for visions, for understanding oneself. So yeah, I feel sorry for people who are imprisoned by dogma like that, but there's always reason, deeper reasons as to why they're going through that. So, yeah, even the Bible talks about astral projection. Yeah. For example, the Apostle Paul, he talks about leaving his body and being caught up in the heavens. Uh, there is a prophet, Ezekiel, I think. He talks about visionary experiences and being transported to different locations. The term astral projection is just a term. And people get so caught up with words, especially if, you know, you've seen like, uh, what's the movie? Is it insidious? You know, horror movies that uh, relate uh, very negative beliefs towards that term. But we have to just understand it's just a term. And in the Bible, for example, that term didn't exist back then. But the experience itself is described. I have... uh... A myth or something I wanted to ask you about. I have a friend who mentioned that she'd heard about astral projection, but she was scared to try it because she thought that once she was out of her body, that that left her body open for a dark spirit to enter into and kind of possess her body. What do you think of this? Yes. Yeah, that's another common one. Yeah. Or, and also that uh, you can't come back to your body. Yeah. And that actually, it can be a little bit scary if you start thinking that I've been, I've had experiences that go on for a long time. And I start thinking like, oh, maybe I'm dead now. <laughs> like, because I'm really having a long experience. But, you know, of course, I'm here now talking to you. <laughs> Everything is fine. Wait, is this a dream? No. <laughs> oh, well, we have to check. <laughs> yeah. I suppose it's like whatever you believe will be your experience because it's very intention based. So I suppose if you went to sleep believing that that could possibly happen, then you may end up having a nightmare where that does happen. Yeah. Well, to just to try and explain it simply, I think it comes down to a misconception of dimensions, like a scientific understanding of how we understand dimensions. And actually, out the term out-of-body experience can be a little misleading. Because as you've heard me say uh, during this talk, I say inner worlds. So it's not necessarily that we come out of body. Yes, we can absolutely perceive ourselves floating up out of our body, seeing our physical body sleeping. However, this is like, it's like an infra dimension in the physical. It's like the physical world turns inside out. So it's not exactly coming out of body and it's not exactly going inwards. It's like somewhere in between. So my point of this is actually we all leave our body every night when we go to sleep. 
In fact, we have to if we want to sleep. The mystery behind this lies in that the physical body needs to recover its health. We can't live without food, air, and sleep. The reason why our consciousness must leave the physical body during sleep is so that the physical body can heal itself. Sleep is the healthiest thing for the physical body. Uh, you know, look at any person who barely sleeps. They look like they're going to die, right? <laughs> sleep is the really the healthiest thing. It's marvelous for our health. But this is only possible when we leave the body. So you see, when we leave our body, we bring all, we bring our whole psyche with us. That includes negative psychological aspects of us, our egos, and we enter into the world of dreams. Those dreams take place in the dimension of nature that we, we're calling the astral plane. So dreams take place in the astral, but dreams take place in a sort of sub-layer of the astral. It's like a subconscious part of the astral for just our own personal space. So I go into this in a video. Uh, the thumbnail has uh, an astral map on it. But yes, so every night we all enter this non-physical consciousness. And then when we wake up, we start remembering lots of random things. And we enter back into our physical body and we bring all of those negative psychological forces back that start to damage the physical body intensely. So this relates back to what you were saying about, um, about the benefits and health and everything. Because really, diseases don't really come from, uh, you know, outside sources, but mostly they come from our own conditioning, our own psychological things within us that will manifest in the future if we don't heal ourselves spiritually. Mm -hmm. So right now, as we're here, you know, me and you, we're not perfect. We, we have something in us that uh, is not good for our body. Um, and in a way, you know, humanity is damaged. We're all damaged and we're all... Uh, damaging ourselves in some way and so we need to sleep and once we come out of body the physical body is being restored so yes mm. yeah so there's no point being scared of astral projection if you're dreaming like if because some of these people love working with dreams and and not afraid to dream at all so it's well the same thing really no one's going to be coming and re-entering into your body <laughs> Yes, exactly. It's just about becoming conscious of what's already happened. Yeah. 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 That's great. I know what you mean with my dreams. I will like, I can tell the difference between when I'm just in a dream for myself, it feels very ground level. And then when I sort of go up into the astral realm, and that's usually where I will have dreams with people that have deceased in the spirit world and that sort of a thing. It feels like it's above, like a level up. 
and there's a lot less distractions going on. You know, they, it, it won't be like a lot of scenery or anything. It's usually just black and then that person or, you know, the, the symbology or the images coming through. And I've had a dream or astral projection, astral travel where I've been in that space and then sort of gone, okay, got the message and just opened a door, walked back downstairs and been back into just like my normal dream world where it's like in a house and there's stairs and like, you know, all that sort of stuff going on. So the way that you described it as dreams being like the sub layer to the astral realm, like that made a lot of sense to me. Thank you for describing it that way. Yeah. And for people who might uh, struggle with, you know, still believing it, why not? you know, become your own sort of scientist and you yes. can prove it to yourself, right? You can really come out of body uh, and you can, let's say, look outside your window and look at the cars outside, uh, the colors, whether or parked, and then go outside and verify it for yourself. Mm. Or you may have, you know, naturally you can start to have experiences of say the people, uh, sometimes this is a common one too, and, and my partner experiences this a lot. Like we may have a supposed dream. We, we might even thought it was a dream where someone, someone we haven't spoken to, this happened, this happened just this morning uh, to my partner, uh, someone she hadn't spoken to in a long time. And she had a very vivid dream uh, of this uh, person uh, talking to her. She, you know, he approached her, he's, he's talking about a lot of things and concerns. Um, yeah, a lot of things happen. And then she wakes up and she gets a message on her phone uh, talking about all the things, you know, he's talking about. And she was like, oh, wow. I, you know, and she, in the dream, supposed dream, you know, really, it's a, it's an astral element she's seeing. She learned more than what he was actually saying in the message. Mm. So in a way she can help him in a more uh, intimate way. Yeah. Yeah. She would have yeah. even been seeing things that he probably hasn't even seen. Yes, Yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So in these realms, they're so big and, and vast. And like, I think you were even saying like there's voids and like, it's, it's big and it can seem a bit scary sometimes at first for people. I know that um, with lucid dreaming, there are some techniques that can help you to, to stay grounded. But I was wanting to know from you, like how do you stay grounded and present once you're out of body to avoid getting lost in the vastness of the astral realm? Is there anything particular that you do once you are there or becoming aware? Yes, there's a few things. Mm, yeah, there's a few simple tricks you can do. Uh, the first is to say clarity now. I think this comes from Robert Monroe. He's one of the most notorious uh, authors on out-of-body experiences and really works for me too in the past when I've tried it. If you're having a blurry experience, you can simply say out loud in this experience, clarity now. And it's like the whole environment will turn into 4K. <laughs> mm. And yeah, you'll see everything become clearer. Uh, the other th thing uh, you can do is simply look at the palm of your hands and analyze the details. Simply by doing this, it grounds your awareness because you are paying attention. 
in a natural way without thinking. Mm. Yeah. You may also uh, touch objects, see how they feel. Because anything that grounds you in those astral senses, so to speak, uh, helps you yeah, feel in the moment. So basically, anything that helps you feel present in daily life will also work in the astral. Simply pay attention, be here and now, learn how to do that. You can also uh, focus on a goal that you'd like to achieve. Uh, because you see, usually, just like in ordinary life, our psyche is split into many desires that want to pull us here and there. This effect can be seen in the astral body too. And so our consciousness wants to be pulled to different types of environments because of the chaos, because of the multiplicity of our desires. Mm -hmm. But if one can simply focus on one goal, something that someone really wants to achieve in their heart, like visit a certain place, visit a loved one who's passed away, discover a past life, uh, discover the purpose of their life. If one can feel purpose like this in the astral, then an experience will unfold as it should, and you'll be genuinely interested in it, paying attention without thinking so much. So, yeah. Mm. Uh, oh, and as another last suggestion, you may also simply say, show me what I need to know. Yes. And in this way, right, Instead of intending something for yourself, because like you asked before, how are you supposed to know, you know, whether you might just be dreaming it yourself, right? Instead of intending something for yourself, you open up yourself to the infinite possibilities of the spiritual world, and you'll be shown something interesting that will spark your curiosity. Uh, so in this way, your awareness will be very engaged in something. Yeah, that's great. That's one of my go-tos. I love that one. Something I found when I would try to touch things to sort of bring on clarity and, and grounding was I'd touch things and then I'd get distracted <laughs> with those things and then go off and and get kind of sucked back into the dream. Like you said, our, we, my mind wants to be pulled here, there and everywhere. So my new technique now is just to sit down on the ground and yes. I've been finding that works a lot better for me. And it's easy for me to practice that in waking life as well. So I might practice your clarity now thing. Um, I sat down on the floor the other day. I thought, oh, I'll check if I'm in a dream. I sat on the floor just in my living room and I said, projections be gone because that's something I'm wanting to work on to get That's a, great. a clearer message from dreams. And my daughter just looked at me like, what are you doing? But I find if I'm practicing these things in my waking life, then I automatically will do them in the dream. That's um, great. And actually I do that too. When I'm in uh, experiences, I also just sit down. There's yeah. something about crossing your legs. Yes. That, I don't know. It feels like it retains your energy and you just pay attention. Sometimes I just also just meditate or you can do a mantra like the mantra Om that can yeah. have powerful effects. 
Yeah, yeah. Doing sitting down just made my dream last so much longer because and dream characters are always coming over to me and saying, "Oh, come and do this, or I need you to do that," and it was easier for me mm-hmm. to just say, "No, leave me alone." <laughs> until I could kind of ground so yeah I like clarity be gone touching things that's great thank you so much for all of this information Um, lastly for our listeners who are eager to embark on their own spiritual journeys of what we haven't already covered what's one more piece of advice that you'd just like to leave them with I would say the purpose of life is not in money relationships career, business, status. None of those things are bad, but they're all part of what we call in the Gnostic teachings, the horizontal aspect of life, the horizontal dimension. And that is your life from birth to death. What happens in your life is not of great significance but what is of significance is the vertical aspect meaning your comprehension and your realization of why and how everything is happening and why it has unfolded because if you can realize it it brings great understanding and enlightenment and happiness So the purpose of all this is about discovering the core of yourself in your heart of hearts and how you can make the most of every moment in this life and transform and heal for the betterment of yourself and also for others. It all comes down to that. And it comes down to, I would say, these questions. How much do you really want to know? How much are you willing to sacrifice in order to experience the truth? And how much are you willing to help others too? How much do you really want to gain direct experience? And I would say your personal answer to these questions can determine how much and how fast you'll start to have your own experiences. And there's no right or wrong answers to them. It's just about understanding you and understanding your own nature. Yeah. Wow. Wow. What a great way to end the episode. Thank you so much. That is just incredible. And it's been a truly enlightening conversation. Your wisdom and experiences are helping so many others who are learning about the astral dreams, spiritual way of being. I've loved having this conversation with you. I wish that we could talk forever. (laughs) And sometimes it feels like we are when I'm listening to all of your episodes. (laughs) So listeners, if you are also intrigued by this discussion, do check out the Astral Doorway YouTube and Jean's book, Beyond Dreaming. I have put all of the links in the show notes below so you can easily click on and check it out. Thank you for listening to the Dream Hub podcast. Until next time. Thank you, Jean. Thanks, Melissa. I hope it was helpful. (laughs) Oh, very.